Hello, and welcome to the Midnight Film Review. My name is Brian Stevens. And I'm Drew Mastrelli. Brian, did you know many people are calling this show Call Her Daddy for Boys? <laughs> no, I, I did not know that. Boys <laughs> and girls. Everyone's welcome. But mostly for boys? Because, I, well, I mean, you know, the girls already have their show. Oh, I see. I, I see. Yeah, yeah. So call her mommy. Welcome to Call Him Mommy. Call Him Mommy. I'm Mommy, joined by my co-host Mommy. One of my one of my friends um, made this uh, this. So you know on TikTok the uh, I, I I'm gonna butcher this, and I apologize off the jump. My voice is kind of maybe it's it might be kind of good for the podcast. Maybe I sound kind of sexy. Maybe I need to start smoking c- cigarettes again. But um, if if you're having issues hearing me, it's because my voice is dying. But you know the TikTok sound where it's the, the come here if you want to be a little baby. I got these milkies for you. You know what I'm talking about? Have you heard that? Oh, the yeah, t- where they're talking about boobs. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. So yeah. my friend is very obese, and he made a TikTok with that sound, <laughs> and it got taken down like three times. I'm like, oh, really? It was hilarious. I would have, I, I would tag you in it, but it keeps getting removed. Um, man boobs. Yeah, man boobs. I mean, I. Mean, I to be fair, if if a man can do it, a woman can do it. However, it's like, come on, come on, folks. Uh, is this is this fat phobia or is this uh, protecting children? Ah, uh, good question. I don't email know. us at cultofpop <laughs> at gmail dot com. Let us know. There you go. There you go. There's the email. Nice email plug. Love it. Seamless, Drew. Seamless. Uh, I was DM gonna... us on Instagram questions. <laughs> yeah, an Instagram now. New Fucking Instagram. Twitter. Yeah, blowing up the spot. Tell them about the Instagram. Tell them about everything, Drew. You, you just Instagram take it away. Brand spanking new. I learned about the Instagram today, folks. When I listened to the last episode that I was not on, which I highly recommend you all go back and listen to. I learned about a new Australian children's program called like Bluey. Yeah, yeah. Bluey. Um, I had never heard of it before, but uh, it was it was getting very high praise in the last episode. So so tune into that if you want to hear more about Bluey or head over to our Instagram page folks. And I think our latest post is an audio preview of that episode, which when I listened to it, I said, I recognize this part of the podcast. This is when they were talking about bluey. (laughs) They also talk about the new Steven Soderbergh picture, no sudden move, but honestly, I I haven't even looked up bluey after this, but I was, I was enjoying the bluey talk. It's a, it's a pretty cool show. Like I, I could honestly watch it with it without my son. Like, it's entertaining. Let me ask you a question. Did you watch No Sudden Move? Did you end up watching it? I haven't, but I tuned out of your episode when it got to the spoilers because I know it's something I will like. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm now in, in theater mode. It's taking a lot for me to want to watch something at home where it's like, oh, but the, the movies are back. I saw I, Green I saw Green Knight, and then I was like, oh, I can never watch something at home again. But that's <laughs> I, neither here nor there. We'll, we'll get you. to Green Knight. I don't blame you, Drew. I would. I I'm envying you. I'm I'm trying so hard to find a babysitter. If you live in the Cincinnati area and are good with kids, give me a call. Um, at, or hey, DM me on Instagram. Uh, Midnight Film Review handle. <laughs> I will say though, listening to the Bluey segment of the last episode. You, both of you are just rifling off kid shows. You're like, I'm trying to get Jonah to watch Paw Patrol, fucking Doc McStuffins. I'm like, damn, I'm so glad I'm 22 years old and I can just like look at tweets that make me want to kill myself all day and I don't have to worry about like, oh, oh, does this one have enough singing for you? 
<laughs> you have no idea how how correct this is. I'm crying. I'm not even laughing. These are these are tears of pain. You have no idea. It is. Um, if you guys think I'm being mean to Brian now, you should listen to us off mic. <laughs> right. I. It's. I'm telling you what. Trying to find kids programming uh, is an adventure in itself. Um, I, I. My parents were here helping with a sick baby and uh they my dad found a show uh it's a like an excavator and a dump truck and it's called stinky and sturdy or something and uh jonah like that and it's literally just they're just going around being stinky and dirty and i'm like well it eh, fits right in with my kid you should show him the simpsons <laughs> well yeah i bet he'd be really funny by the time he was like five yeah, that's a good – maybe that's an experiment we should play with. I, I, I think I, we I should might, do tests on your son. I, I, might, I might be down for this. Well, uh, let me talk to Amanda. She might be okay with it. Um, but no. Then you yeah. have to have another kid and we raise them on South Park. <laughs> I was going to say family guy. But, you know, yeah, and South we'll, Park's Yeah, better. we'll get there. Yeah, three. Got to hit three, right? Okay. Um, no, but uh, thanks for the plug, Drew. That was a great job. Um, also, you know, follow me on TikTok at Cold Pop. There you go. How about that, Drew? Oh, you do post a lot of TikToks talking about basketball. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't. A, I, to be honest, I don't watch those because I don't know anything about basketball. But I see you're talking about it. Yeah, I'm trying to come up with a fun way to talk about movies on there. Um, but unfortunately, I haven't seen a lot of movies. Right. So like, it's do you. Used... Remember Stardust, that app? No. It no. still exists, but it was TikTok, but exclusively for movie reviews. Oh. And most of the people on there were just like unbearably stupid. Um, but it was really funny to go through and just like find reviews of movies I like and just like some of the dumbest people in America being like, oh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was boring and not funny. And they're talking about like funny games. <laughs> OK, I don't know how you could think that movie is boring, but all right. That's you know, I've never heard of that. If, when you said Stardust, I thought you were talking about that movie that had like um, Robert De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer in it or something. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, I uh, I. I follow a few film accounts on TikTok and they're really, really well done. And like, it seems like it takes a lot of time to make those TikToks and I don't want to put any effort into it at all. So that's kind of what's holding me back to. I think not TikTok. It's a YouTube channel. This is a, this is an additional recommendation. Okay. Bonus media hot take. Boom. It's a YouTube channel, uh, uh, by a man named Dice K Bepko. And he is a Japanese man who, I mean, all his videos are in English. Uh, like, he's a very well-spoken guy, but um, has, like, a near-complete Criterion collection. Oh, wow. And just, like, posts these, like, 45-minute-long, like, Ooh. discussions on um, just, like, any random film from their catalog. And he's a super interesting guy, and he has, like, a, a very positive demeanor. Like, he's very easy to listen to, so... If anyone's looking for good uh, film content on the internet, you're at the right place. But <laughs> I also recommend checking out Dicecape uh, Bepco on YouTube. Thanks for that. I'm going to check that out. Um, I uh, That's pretty impressive to have all those Criterion movies. Like, I'm kind of jealous, actually. Yeah, and, like, his whole thing is, like, he very much focuses on, like, oh, we're, like, celebrating cinema. Like, he doesn't really, like, he's not a critic by any stretch, but I kind of appreciate that. Because, like, yeah, you don't have to be, a, like, oh, yeah, I'm talking about come and see. It's like I'm going to mm -hmm. put on my critic glasses for <laughs> yeah, this right. horrible <laughs> film, or like, like uh, a beautiful movie, but a tragic one about, like, the Holocaust. Like, yeah. Yeah, you don't need to critique that. You can just, like, discuss what it means to people. And I think right. that's more valuable in many ways. 
yeah <coughs> sorry yeah i agree and there's a lot of movies like that sorry <coughs> that people i think a lot of times waste their time trying to be critical and honestly people don't want to hear you talk shit about schindler's list right like that's just just you know just discuss what the movie's about right yeah um or avengers endgame or i mean uh, to be frank uh, that's honestly probably true though people don't really care if you you know there's entire podcasts and and shit dedicated to just shitting on that so but yeah yeah there's an equal number though like paid for by disney hey you know (laughs) what that's a good segue so let's just get to that open discussion doesn't it let's do it i think that's a good right that's a good segue right correct okay okay good yeah you like that you like how we did that that's we're we're pros here um so i the reason i wanted to talk to you about this because honestly i wanted to get your thoughts on it because i um i'm I'm of two minds of this uh issue i think i can guess what they are okay well uh let's let's just set it up first (laughs) so scarlett johansson is suing disney for breach of contract over black widow and go what are are my two minds what okay uh, one half of you is like, yeah, Disney did do a breach of contract when her salary. I mean, the 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 whole issue here is that her salary was dependent on ticket sales, and um, for Disney to put it on streaming, that could potentially be, uh, you know, detracting from that overall salary she's receiving. So part of you is like, oh yeah, you know, like fuck Disney, that's a breach of contract, like fuck the suits. And then the other half is like, well, I think Scarlett Johansson probably has enough money. And why are we raising a stink about this? And OK, I guess we don't need to talk about it. That's that's it. All right. Was I right? Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there is a little bit more I would say to like the she has enough money because I do think that there is something a precedent to be set with this. Right. Like this is kind of a new territory. And I think it is kind of interesting. So I don't blame her for because I, I do think like, you know. That is kind of fucked up, right? Like what, what Disney's doing, but what franchise was it where there was a was it a Marvel movie where uh, a female lead was like being paid considerably less than like a male counterpart, and it was a big issue on set? What movie am I thinking of? Um, this is definitely like a big news story from you're a right. While back. You're right. I can't remember what that was now. Um, uh, I do this. Th- it, what was it? Was it her? I, I mean, because that's what I originally thought. Then I was like, was it? I, now, now you've got because I feel like that would have been brought up though. Yeah. Um, sooner. So I don't. No, I'm, I did, I, did, I just I, I did too. I just googled it and it says that Scarlett Johansson was paid same wage as other co-stars for Avenger films. So, um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I now, um, oh, you know what though? I oh, think... it was. I was thinking of all the money in the world. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> very, that's, that's... very different. <laughs> Michelle Williams and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, which is it's another thing too, where it's like when you think about that, like, um, who's a better actor right like who brings more to oh, the michelle t- williams right? is an incredibly talented actor like and like, what a talent to the world then mark Wahlberg is like 
hey, Christopher Plummer or Kevin Spacey. I forget who you are. Give me my son back. <laughs> do you think? He, do you think he has the same issue as Matt Damon? Oh, probably. Uh, I would say a larger issue. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I would mean, I say. Think we, I think we know some of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that I would say that there's no question. Um, <laughs> but I think that, like, all right. So here's my here's my like my biggest issue with this whole thing, right? Is do you think? And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this completely. <clears throat> so. I don't, we don't, I personally haven't read her contract, so I don't know what it says, but it seems to me that, um, there would have to be language in there that says that Disney can do what they want with the property, right? And that there had to have been some kind of fair warning for this to happen. Like, I can't imagine that it was a spur of the moment thing where they were like, you know what? We're just going to pull it out of the theater because, I mean, Disney has been huge assholes to movie theaters for a long time, right? Like oh, yeah. making them extend windows, not shorten them, and making them um, miss out on newer, smaller releases because they've forced them to carry movies for longer. So uh, uh, this is just a weird. This is a weird thing. I, I have a hard time. Like I do sympathize somewhat with Scarlett Johansson, but also it's like I don't really know what there is i mean how much money like how do you estimate how much money this was movie would it would make like I, I that's my other thing it's like how, how do you know like what do you, she's suing for like 22 million is that is that enough is that not enough i don't know i'm but like i guess i mean that's definitely more than she would have made off off ticket residuals like way more right right um but then, then the other part of me is like, there like are so many other like fucking people in Hollywood whose finances are in shambles right now because of COVID. For Scarlett Johansson to be like, well, my Marvel movie, like, <laughs> right. kind of shut the fuck up. And I hadn't really thought of that angle until right now. And now I'm kind of leaning more towards like, yeah, like, fuck Disney. They can definitely afford to like pay out, and maybe they probably should. But like, I don't know. Fucking, this is some like that gal gadot imagine video like oh yeah we're all in this together this is also really hard for me guys i didn't get my five hundred thousand dollar check from disney for the the bonus in my salary well like the other part of me too is like i don't it's not like when shit like this happens i tend to think of it as like hmm you know like why did they slight scarlett johansson like there's no way in my mind that they thought that they were going to make them like, there has to be a reason, right? I'm just, that's what I'm trying to say is like, what in what world did it make sense for them to pull this movie from the theater early? And like, would they have made more money? Like how much more money would they have made? That Like, that's, that's what I'm trying to have a hard time with. Like, I, I'm trying to be fair in this. Like, yeah, f- I hate Disney. Ooh, they're, yeah. I think they're ruining a lot of, of uh, the cinema experience and what they're doing and gobbling up all these, uh, franchises and, and 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 shit and like they're it's it sucks but at the same time it's like do, what like I, did they do something that's really really wrong here I don't know yeah I mean they it's not like Disney was the first to make that move either right like what about fucking everyone in like Invisible Man and all those movies that went straight to streaming right after theaters shut down like 
I guess it was like more unprecedented then. So maybe people on set were more like, oh, yeah, this is crazy. Like, it kind of makes sense. We have to do this. What about all the people who didn't get paid for the hunt, Brian? Yeah, right. That's what I want to know. Yeah. No, but it's like, yeah, good for her if she wins it. But it's like they're definitely people who are like getting fucked over way more right now that are not Scarlett Johansson. Like she will be fine either way. And so will Disney. And that's <laughs> right. ultimately where it's right. like, well, and now isn't, um, uh, Emma stone. Yeah. I, I saw a story about her, yeah. uh, considering the same move for Cruella. Yeah. It's like, Oh, sure. Sure. Well, and this is, yeah. And this is actually obviously, you know, um, a month after that movie was released. So like, is she like saying like, Hmm, okay. Uh, so, so this is a move that Scarlett Johansson did. Maybe I should jump on it. And I, like, again, how much money, like, that's what I have a hard to like, if you're a judge and again, I don't know shit about this. I'm not, a, this is where we need Colin. Cause Colin's the law guy, right? He's in law school. Like, how but can you could not give legal advice legally? <laughs> exactly. What, like how, can you quantify the losses? Like, I, I just don't understand. Like how can you, in, in, in a normal, like in a normal time, you could obviously figure that out. Right. If, if there wasn't a pandemic, but are, what are you comparing this to? Are you comparing uh, this to the forever purge? Or are you comparing it to, uh, uh, you know, the suicide squad that's getting ready to come out? Like, I don't understand like exactly what you're com- going to compare this to. Are you taking, disney plus rental numbers well that's i guess the other issue too because i think that's the biggest factor as far as i was aware of this whole thing is that it was being that the disney plus sales were maybe not being accounted into ticket sales which is what the what her paycheck is not dependent on but affected by and that's kind of the shitty part right yeah, and, and that's where I'm way more on, like, yeah, that's, like, and, and I think that's where the lawsuit comes in, where it's less about, like, oh, here are the damages, and it's, like, no, this is, like, a blatant breach of contract. If that was something that wasn't explicitly stated, Disney had the, uh, like, authority to do, or yeah. the power to do. Um, But, yeah, you know, good luck to Disney and good luck to Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, this is the thing that I think that, it's unfortunate because these films were filmed either post or pre COVID or during the COVID, uh, outbreak. Um, and not, I, we're still in the midst of COVID, but a lot of people are acting like it's post COVID. But anyways, um, I, I would say that, you know, as an actor, you need to have, when you sign a contract for these films at this point, you need to have clear, uh, language in that contract of if this happens, then this will happen. Right then I get some kind of buyout, you know? Yeah. And if you're uh, a celebrity at the like tier of notoriety as Scarlett Johansson, like you're a total sucker if you get played. Right. Like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, okay, that's on you for making like, for signing a crappy contract, not on like, yeah, maybe Disney's sleazy about it. But if you just like totally missed that, like you should have like a team of people reading this over. It's like this much money being exchanged. Uh, and you, you gotta have some foresight, man. Like that's why I, I think of somebody like, you know, Dave Chappelle, who I, I, this is, I swear this has a point. This isn't completely out of left field, but like he, he fought for his, the rights to his show in a way that no other 
creator had like done before. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, to see like big companies cave to that power was surprising, right? Like he was, he didn't get paid for his show being on Netflix. And he was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Comedy central. You think you found a loophole? Like, come on, let's look at this contract again. And they were like, Oh shit. we yeah we we messed up all right here here's some money dave like yeah. in but is he like the only success story i think so yeah because you look at like even maybe even like a more high profile case than him is like the uh the taylor swift yeah uh music rights right, yeah. issue and now she's re-recording everything so like maybe problem solved there but all those original like masters are still you know the versions that people are probably wanting to go back to the most i don't know i don't not like an active taylor swift listener i'll defend her but um yeah and like if somebody as like fucking famous as taylor swift couldn't somehow pull a lever and make that okay then i think it's like and like that wasn't even disney that was like what was like fucking scooter bronze record label i forget what the name of his label is now this is like disney like fucking as big as amazon yeah Right. Like our new corporate overlords, and <laughs> right. it's like, yeah, okay. I hope they, like, in principle, I hope Disney has to give her a lot of money. But I also want to be clear that I don't care at all about Scarlett Johansson <laughs> yeah. or her money. Right. Like, fuck off. Just like take your paycheck. You're rich. It's like, don't make me listen to you whine about it. Millionaires fighting billionaires. Yeah, it's the new world war or new civil war. Yeah. Oh, we're we're sticking it to the man, says Scarlett Johansson, raising a fist <laughs> over a crowd of like rioters. As she goes, this is for Scarlett, I say, like throwing a Molotov cocktail into a cop car. As she speeds off in her uh, Lamborghini, right? Yeah, her chauffeur yeah. pulls away. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for the open discussion. Drew, are you ready to do some media hot takes? Brian, I've never felt older. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to kick off the media hot takes because I'm not really going to talk about this movie too much because because I think there's a potential for us to have a retrospective review on this. So, yes. And you told me that I shouldn't know a lot about it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I don't want I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I wanted to talk a little bit about this movie because I'm going to basically I'm setting it up is that we will review this film as like kind of almost like a bonus episode, probably at some point, hopefully in the next couple weeks but whenever drew finds time to watch it um and that's called the parallax review or uh, the parallax view uh this is a movie that i stumbled upon uh honestly by uh okay i'm gonna go off on a little tangent here real quick and i promise i'll come back so um i watched disturbia uh the shia labeouf film on um hbo max wonder how he's doing uh yeah right and uh it took me down this rabbit hole of i don't want to say uh conspiracy films but i started being like you know what there's not a lot this i feel like this time uh, like for obvious reasons is like ripe for conspiracy films and you know when there was a lot of conspiracy films being made the 1970s and we had like a pretty huge gap like there hasn't been a ton of these films made um probably more being made recently but um you have the denzel washington remake of the manchurian oh, candidate yeah, how could i forget about that piece of of, of isn't film. meryl streep in that too yeah yeah it's a real real interesting movie let me tell you um but this movie was made by alan j uh, pakula i don't know if i'm saying his last name, name right pakula but he's 
known for this type of film. So he did like uh, Sophie, <coughs> Sophie's Choice, Presumed Innocent, All the President's Men, um, you know, really the, the Pelican Brief. These are movies that are all kind of based around like uh, conspiracies or drama. And the Parallax View is like one that kind of gets like those are all time movies, right? Those are movies that people talk about all the time. And this movie I had never even heard of. I had never even like seen it mentioned because, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like looking for conspiracy films and this movie pops up and it's like an underrated conspiracy movie. And, um, it stars Warren Beatty and he's pretty much the only like big name character in this. There's not, it, it, it he carries the film. There's a lot of side characters and a lot of bit parts, but it, he is the main person. And, um, he does a fairly good job acting. I've never been a huge Warren Beatty fan, but I think he's perfectly fine in this. But what I really want to talk about, because we're not going to get too deep into the plot and too much about this film. Pakula's direction is insane in this movie. There are times in this movie I'm, I'm like, I cannot believe this movie was made in 1974. Like, there are huge set pieces that I, I'm almost certain he filmed on location but i can't be sure like i don't like it it definitely isn't cgi obviously maybe he used miniatures maybe he used uh amazing stuff i don't know how this movie was made and so like there's yeah it's an interesting era of hollywood too where there's like a lot of stuff is being transitioned to shot on location but there's still a lot of things being shot on like sound stages yeah and it's like i don't and it i don't it just doesn't seem like I don't think the budget was very big. I'm trying I tried to look up the budget, but it's hard to get budgets for movies back then. Um, this movie, like it wasn't a box office hit. It wasn't a, a critical success. I don't, and I don't know why, like the, I like the set pieces alone. If this film were made today, it would be just this huge, like probably action movie, which kind of, sets it apart a little bit i think because like movies like this don't get made today where it's like there are big set pieces but this isn't an action movie right this is uh, a thriller um i don't know man i just this is one of the best directed films i've ever seen like and i am not that's not hyperbolic like i don't know how he pulled off some of the shit that he pulled off. And it is just a master class in filmmaking. And so I really want to talk more about like the plot and the script because um, th- that's probably the, the weakest part about it. And we you know want to talk to you about that. But uh, as far as a filmmaking uh, film goes, like this is top, top notch. I mean, it is... Um, I literally want to watch a documentary on how this film was made and executed it is um cinematography is gorgeous like everything is just is spot on and just st- i i don't know it, there there's like uh one scene in particular towards the end of the movie that goes on for so long and it just i don't know it's so immersive yeah i it, anyways so um check out the parallax view it's it's streaming on amazon prime so you know it's if you have amazon prime it's free check it out it's a little under two hours and it is fast paced well well done done movie um so yeah we're gonna hopefully check that out and review it soon i think that also might be a good one because listening to you talk about that i'm thinking of like other potential 60s 70s 
paranoia conspiracy mm-hmm. thrillers. It's like, ooh, that'd be a good double feature. So maybe a potential double feature episode. I'll talk to you off air. Ooh, I'm excited. Okay, can't wait to hear that. All right. All right, Drew, tell us uh, your media take. Before I get to that, I remembered a fun fact that I learned last night that I, I think our audience would find interesting, Brian. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to list off a bunch of movies, and they all share one very specific thing in common, and I don't <laughs> think you'll be able to guess it, but it makes it more suspenseful that way. Okay. okay. Scream, very relevant uh, to us. The Fly, Videodrome, 10 Things I Hate About You, Dumb and Dumber, There's Something About Mary, Scanners, Scary Movie 3, Freddy Got Fingered, Disney Channel Originals, Teen Beach Movie, <laughs> Osmosis Jones, RoboCop 2, Big Mama's House. I'm um, looking at the list. Uh, Flight 93, Santa Paws 2, that's a uh, an Airbud spinoff. <laughs> what? Uh, do you have a, Do you have any guesses yet? Brian? No, I am totally lost. What What is happening? All of these films were shot by one Mark Irwin, who I found randomly last night looking at the uh, statistics of my Letterboxd account. One of the most strangely prolific cinematographers in Hollywood, ranging what? from like absolute masterpieces of cinema, like Videodrome, like one of my very favorite movies. Like Videodrome is a an absolute masterpiece to then. I mean, another masterpiece, Freddy Got Fingered, you know, another <laughs> absolute right. classic. But then like like weird sequels to Air Bud spinoffs. Uh, he he uh, uh, shot Pup Star and Pup Star 2 better together. What? And Pup Star World Tour? It it seems like so he definitely has a niche, right? He def if you look at this, uh I pull I just pulled him up. Oh, he shot Ace Ventura as well. So lots of comedies and lots of horror. And, and then just David Cronenberg's <laughs> like, like David Cronenberg cinematographer. He directed so many David Cronenberg movies wow. in one Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Oh, and another one for Wes Craven. So Wes Craven and David Cronenberg really liked this guy, and so did the Disney Channel. Uh, and so, yeah, and so did the Disney Channel because he's also got the Layover and uh, uh what did I just see this? Uh, Can of Worms. But that's uh, all he White. does now, which is so interesting. So he like made all these classic movies, even some like older stuff like um like Steel. I mean, that's not super old. That's like Freddy Got Fingered is a couple years after that. Yeah. But like he just kind of gave up after a while. It's like, yeah, no, I'm just going to take these easy paychecks, which respect to him. Like, I'm sure it's not easy to shoot something like The Fly. Oh, man. <laughs> so. Like all these pop star like movies like that's like the the latest stuff he's been doing that that's crazy yeah one random movie about 9-11 <laughs> okay wow that's wild yeah i i i just had to share that with somebody thank you thank you for that bit of not we're gonna have we're, we might have to have a uh, a separate uh trivia segment featuring drew oh i brian i love trivia this is i was very frustrated because when my college opens back up they're doing oh here's a bunch of of like opening activities you can come to and you you i feel like like pub trivia is a good thing to expect they're doing bingo which like who gives a fuck about bingo that's like candy land for old people right like give me give me some good pub trivia because i and maybe this is cocky of me to say am probably better at trivia than like 90 percent of people at my college that's not cocky Be- i mean you're just being honest 
I I have devoted my life to learning useless information. <laughs> I I'm with you actually. I would love to challenge you because I I'm really good at trivia too. Like just stupid shit. Yeah. Anyways, go on. Uh no, but but uh that's about it. So so I I, I would love to start pulling some trivia. Maybe maybe I'll invent the very first email I ever sent to you and Colin was a very dumb game, and maybe I should invent. Oh my god. Brian, I have some terrific ideas for this show. All right, yeah. Well, let's we'll, we'll talk about them soon. Yeah, let's let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. Okay. At any rate, old M Night Shyamalan's old uh, is now in theaters. Many people have been making jokes about it on Twitter that haven't really been that funny, and then have been replying to themselves saying, "At M Night Shyamalan, I'm too scared to go to the movies. Can you email me a copy of the movie?" And then not getting a response. Um. <laughs> I was very surprised by this movie, though, because the trailers and like this looks kind of weirdly shot, which it is. It's a very strange looking movie, Um, but I don't think the trailer shows off at all what I think the movie does very well. Um, And without getting into spoilers, it is a an extremely sentimental movie. Mm. Um, Like there were a couple parts where I was like, oh, I'd like totally forgetting the like body horror aspect to it i'm like oh this is just like a really touching and kind of sad moment between this family and Mm -hmm. how it uses the device of everybody aging rapidly to you know they're just like living out their lives together essentially by aging on this beach um a couple couple parts of it i was i my girlfriend and i both turned to each other with like melds agape because like oh my god i didn't is what they're implying like okay to put in a movie? Mm, okay, <laughs> like, they're, 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 I'm some of it is like hinted at in the trailer, but in execution in the movie, it's like not uncomfortable and like oh they should like they shouldn't have put this in the movie. But I was definitely a little shocked by some of the things they hint at, given characters' ages. Um, but all in all, it was like very effective at what it went for i think i've seen a lot of people uh sort of rag on the 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 big m night twist of the movie i don't think that'll shock anyone that there's there's (laughs) something going on on this beach brian there's more than meets the eye just it's not just any old beach that turns people old um (laughs) of course not yeah the the twist isn't even what really worked for me because you kind of suspect like okay something something's afoot here but I think all of the, not all of them, but there were enough other pieces of this that really worked for me that I would I would recommend uh, this one to people to go check out. That's good to hear because I I'm a huge M Night Shyamalan fan. I've up you know I've pretty much made excuses for every single one of his films with the exception of The Happening. Um, that was just indefensible, and I I literally was so disappointed because I, I love him as a filmmaker. And even when he's, even when he's bad, um, I think he is just honestly a little too confident. Confidence is like, he's, he's been overconfident in his career. He needs somebody to kind of rein him in. And I think recently we've seen some pretty good movies from him, you know, like in movies that he was, you know, he didn't write the script or he had a, a lot of oversight from the studio or help and he's had he's had that success return and so i i'm excited to see this movie and you know the reviews haven't been terrific but 
I think that I will enjoy this. I, I will say, okay. So does he always have a self insert character in his movies? Always. Yes. Okay. His self insert character in this is maybe just of like any director self insert character I've ever seen. Like my favorite, what he ends up doing with it. There's, I don't want to give away too much, but there is, I think my second favorite shot in any movie this year is one of his self insert character in the third act of this movie. And I was like, genuinely one of my favorite moments. There's one shot in green Knight, And then this one moment in old, which maybe people will know what I'm talking about. Just if I say that, cause it's like a, a, it's a shot that really holds. Um, but it, it's very cocky and it's like you saying like, Oh, we need someone to rein him in. Mm-hmm. It's like the most like overconfident thing he's maybe <laughs> ever done in his career, oh, but oh. I like really respect it. I'm like, that's so fucking cool. Like, Oh my God. I, I really want you to see this movie. The more I talk about it, the more I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. That was a, like a great movie. <laughs> well that, and that sounds like honestly, like, you know, what I expect from him when he's at his best is something like that. Like I think back to signs. Have you, have you seen signs? I have not. No, he, he inserts himself in that movie in a really unique way. And honestly, the scene that he has with Mel Gibson is one of the most gut punching, gut wrenching, heartbreaking scenes in any of his movies. Like it is grounded and just, I, I don't, I mean, it's, it's awesome. You know, and it's just, it's a brief, it's one scene pretty much, and it, it sets up a lot in what the movie's about. And, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, underestimate his ability to touch audiences. So I think critics a lot of times shit on him because they roll their eyes at him a little bit. Because, you know, he has been one of those directors and creators that have, like, kind of th- thrown, like, shade at critics. And,. You know. Oh, and rightfully so. I mean, like, he's he's put out some stinkers. Like, let's not let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> yeah, right. Here. Yeah. Right. But, like, yeah, he's a he's a very like singular artist, I think. And if we want to talk about auteurs who we who we support and respect on this program, uh, such as the likes of Paul W. S. Anderson and the others, don't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Um, but yeah, not like I, like this, this one shot in this movie feels like a, like a, a, a some sort of like metatextual comment on like how he sees himself interesting as an artist and like how he sees like the morality of the work that he does almost. Mm-hmm. It's like super interesting. It's like, oh my God, I wish you went into that way more. But even that one scene just like had me so excited that it, it totally worked. So Run, don't walk to old, but see Green Knight too. Hey, if if you've got a, a a partner, treat him to a nice date night. That'll two really romantic movies, Old and Green Knight. I can't. I cannot wait to see. I mean, maybe I can do a double feature. That would be awesome. That'd be ideal. That's like that's like a vacation for me to be able to see both these movies in one day. Uh man. I mean, talking about Green Knight, Old, and um, Pig. It's like oh, that's like probably the three best movies i've seen this year uh, we're back baby maybe i'm I'm probably forgetting something that came out this year but like 
of what stands out to me right now, I'm like, oh yeah, these three movies like kick ass. The movies are back. Spoiler alert, uh, Drew liked Pig. I'm excited oh. to hear your thoughts. Ding dang it. All right, let's uh, actually let's go ahead. Uh, anything else you want to say about old, and we'll move into our featured review. No. All right, Drew. Um, let's uh, let's talk. Let's talk about some pigs. Let's um, let's fill the trough with slop and throw it out to the piglets. That that's you, the listener. <laughs> and what we're producing is your slop, and your headphones are your trough. I think that honestly, I think that we both were kind of interested in this movie, um, just from a standpoint of this. It just sounds unique. So I'm gonna read the brief synopsis of the film so people know what we're talking about, but. The tagline is, we don't get a lot of things to really care about. A truffle hunter who lives alone in the Oregonian wilderness must return to his past in Portland in search of his beloved foraging truffle pig after she is kidnapped. And one of the funniest things I've heard is like, before seeing this movie is people like on Twitter and different places and letterbox comparing it to John wick. I was, yeah, it's like people like, Oh, because Nicholas cage has built this reputation recently. And it's because he's like broke and needs paychecks. We just fucking talked about Willie's wonderland. And that movie's a giant fucking dog turd. (laughs) And like he gives it like a very subdued and like, I don't know. This is like a, truly like beautiful movie the the scene where the log line of this movie comes from is another one of the best scenes of the year for me just like nick cage really kills it in this and i because mm-hmm. he's built this oh, like oh he's he's gonna go crazy and i think a lot of the tension of this movie comes from like it almost always feeling like it's like oh this could escalate and go really bad yep yeah but it it never really happening because that's not what this movie is at all and like i don't even think it's a spoiler to say that because i think Hmm. a lot of the talk about this movie pre-release was people being like oh like nicholas cage is gonna like fucking bash a guy's balls with a (laughs) ball peen hammer and like no it's not what this is at all there's like a scene of violence and it's like like it's like (laughs) no one's trying to kill each other right yeah no it's 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 yeah, well, we can get to more specifically what that scene is, but it's it's not – this movie is about grief. This movie is about dealing with grief and, uh, I, what, like, what I wasn't expecting from this movie is to be, like, moved in a way that made me, like, look inside and try to understand the way I grieve. Like, you know – I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that there's been a movie recently that has put a spotlight on how grieving can affect others. Right. Like yeah. we, we, we see a lot of movies talk about like how grieving, um, affects our personal life. Right. And, and this movie is definitely that, that like it's, it, you know, you know, we see the way, you know, he, not just, well, you know, I don't want to get too into spoilers, but like he can't find his pig and it's affecting him. Right. But also like the ramifications of grief on personal relationships, on, um, sanity, on, uh, our self image. Like there's just so many things to think about in terms of grief that this movie put a spotlight on that. I was like, 
not ready for, right? Because like I didn't know. I was expecting that John Wick meets Babe. I, yeah, or something. I hadn't seen a trailer for this movie either. Yeah, I really hadn't either. Like I, yeah, I didn't. I I kind of tried to avoid it because it just sounded like a movie that I was going to watch for fun, and I didn't expect it to be the best movie. And I will say this is probably the best movie I've seen this year, and I was completely just floored by it. Uh, The director, Michael Cernoski, who hasn't really done anything that I've seen or that I can say is of note. I mean, have you seen any of his other work? I haven't, but I did see um, he left a comment on – you know – not midnight film review that's us red letter media yeah oh yeah yeah they they had a review of this and like the top comment was just like his personal google account like Mm -hmm. his youtube channel with zero subscribers being like hey i directed this movie i've been a fan of you guys for a long time and i'm really glad you liked it i'm like (laughs) oh wow this is like what a fucking come up for this guy to have like one of the most talked about like indie movies of the summer because who put this out neon yeah neon and uh yeah, Neon was the main distributor, but yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, like I guess the reason we haven't heard it, this is like the first thing he's ever done, actually. Like he did some short films, but this is it. This is this is his debut, and man, um, I think it's shot beautifully. I think that like you get a really uh, a sense of of Portland. I feel like you know, like the atmosphere, and this gives you a different side of Portland too, right? This isn't just the um hipster like when i think of portland you know i had friends that lived there they were hipsters the skateboarders the like you know like punk rock kids right like that side yeah. of portland that's more like full you're, of hipsters. you're talking about the the, the modest mouse scene right? <laughs> exactly yeah this you know this shows like a, the underbelly but also like the more like fine refined uh, uh, upper echelon high class yeah. society yeah. yeah it's a very unique look uh at portland um and a very unique look at – I don't want to spoil too much here because I don't – I feel like I, I almost said it. And I, I honestly don't want to because I don't want to give anything away because – not that it's a twist, but there is some very uh, – you know what I'm hinting at here? Like, yeah. And so I don't know. I, I think overall we can just say that we both really enjoyed this film and then we can kind of move into spoilers. Nick um, Cage is really good and also yes. worth shouting out Alex Wolf, fucking pimp of the summer. Oh, he was an man. old. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was an old. Um, yeah. He's playing a two very strange performances out of him if you're only coming to this having seen like Hereditary <laughs> or something. Because yeah, yeah. in old he's playing – uh, what's who's apparently supposed to be a 16 year old but alex wolf is like 25 um but uh, a young man with the brain of a like a six-year-old and then in this he's like a like a like a celebrity chef's fail son who's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. just like fucking like everyone hates him <laughs> right even the fucking movie hates him yeah like, you're right yeah you're right just like how it's edited but yeah um, so great performance from him, Nick Cage. This is not Mandy Nick Cage. This is not uh, Funko's Funnyland Nick Cage. This is like, oh yeah, this is a guy who has won an Oscar before. Yeah, right. Like I believe yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas those, it's like, oh yeah, this is a guy who spent all his money buying like King Tut's sarcophagus or whatever he <laughs> spent all his money on. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like he uh, bought Davy Jones Locker. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, I, I couldn't agree. The, the performances in this are just, I mean, they're, they're, they're terrific. Like, uh, uh, Adam Arkin, um, is 
terrific in this as um like you mentioned uh alex wolf's dad um i i I do want to give a shout out to to, because i think that um the score is amazing i i think that um there's a couple scenes where the score takes over and really builds to something special in this too um yeah it, it just all around an excellent movie uh, very very well done well put together uh, well shot well acted um, well directed movie um, you want to move to spoilers now let's do it alright if you don't want to uh, if you don't want to hear spoilers for Pig stop listening right now what honey wow are you oh, kidding really? me you just ruin it every oh, time oh. I'll see you at home wait a so second rude. How would you not know that that was taking place? I, I almost, I, I almost spilled the beans, so to speak. But um, well, yeah, say, say your piece. The way that food was used in this, and I guess you know, knowing that it's a truffle pig, we should think that it was, food was going to have to be something. But when he is making that meal for, yeah. I mean, dude, I almost broke down and cried. Like I knew exactly what he was doing uh, when he, when I, when I saw the meat, and I, I'm like, oh my god, he is making that meal. Like that was so fucking brilliant and so simple and so like duh like why did I not see this coming? But at the same time, I was like, oh my god, he this is hard. Like there's so much like mental warfare that's going on. Like this is in a, a form of violence in a different way, right? Like this is yeah, this is he's evoking like yeah, he could kill this guy. He could put a gun to his head. He could get revenge. Like, whatever. You know what I mean? But what he's doing is he's evoking, like, this this beautiful moment in this guy's life to get inside of him and do dance. Like, I just, I was, I was blown away by this. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in a movie before. And it just, and that whole sequence just was, like, it's gut-wrenching and beautiful, man. Like, that's awesome filmmaking. And I, I, I also really enjoyed sort of, like, how they like withhold information kind of yeah in sort of as i know i feel like manchester by the season movie bring up a lot but in a similar way to like the past being hinted at oh for sure yeah and like being slowly sort of doled out over time until yeah. like the significant like i don't know i i really enjoy that not as a a way of like oh there's this crazy twist in the movie but just in a way of like oh yeah I, this is a scene where we want you to cry and it's <laughs> right. a way like less cheap way of doing it i i really want to talk about the scene in the restaurant because that was probably my favorite scene of the whole movie it's where that log line came from yeah um because that's one of them where it's like oh this is like a very tense conversation this is someplace that could go violent mm-hmm. but like i find that this like movie ended up being like way more empathetic than anything yeah like oh. his whole spiel in the restaurant is he's like talking to the chef he's like Oh, he's bragging, but like, oh yeah, like I used to work in this guy's restaurant. He's like, yeah, but like, fuck you, I fired you after two months because you always like, what he cooked the pasta wrong. He yeah, al- no, we always overcooked the pasta. Over, yeah. Um, and then it's like uh, he's at this like, like hipster gentrified restaurant in Portland. He's like, yeah, you always wanted to open a pub. Like this clearly isn't what you're doing. I just want to find this pig. Like don't don't trivialize me. Don't like condescend to me about this. Like what's i forget exactly what the block line of the movie is but it's like this is something that like he deeply cares about like this is the one thing that has any sort of meaning to him which is maybe something that this guy couldn't understand because he's like almost like compromised himself mm-hmm. but it's like oh like like that scene like 
didn't gut me because I wasn't like sad, but I was like, this is, it's making me think about my own life in ways I'm like, well, that's like, damn. I hate it when movies do that, but at the same time, I, like, respect it immensely. It's like, oh, yeah, like, you're getting into my head just as much as he's getting into people's heads. I Honestly, like, that's what I, like, yeah, like, I love when movies do that. Like, I'm all about, I don't know, I'm a glutton for punishment in terms of, like, emotional abuse and, like, uh, making me, like, uh, like, I, I just being, when people criticize me, I'm just like, yeah, you're right, I fucking suck. Thanks, I need that, yeah. Like it, Hi, nice shirt, man. Where'd you get it? The fucking <laughs> the the big clothes donation bin. That's not exactly what I'm talking about, but yeah. Uh, no, the tagline is we don't get a lot of things to really care about. Correct. And I think that like that's you know, man. I, obviously, that's like a profound statement. Like when you actually think about it. Yeah. And I think that like again, like I said, it's like when we lose those things that we really care about, like how, how do we react? What do we do? Like the easiest thing for like, and that we see a lot on in movies in cinema and Hollywood in general is like violent revenge. We see bloodshed and it's like, you know, an eye for an eye, very, like very, um, I don't know, America, Americana, I guess like, just like, this is what we do to get, to get back is we, we hurt those who hurt us. And this is more of like, like you said, there's an empathy to this of like, he just, he, he's like, you know what? Like, you know, Darius and Amir, you guys need to grieve. Like you guys have to start this grieving, but not, not like that he's intentionally saying that, but like at the same time, he like, there are different... But he recognizes like his yeah. own experiences in mm-hmm. them too. Yeah, yeah. There's like a, a mirror that's being that's being um, shown up, and I just I and, and it, at the same time it's to the audience as well. Yeah, and it's like okay, well, you can do one of two things: you can either destroy other people's lives, you can give up and destroy your life, or you can, for lack of better terms, pull yourself off off the ground and go go forward. Right. And it, it's all up to you. Like there's n- you know, nothing anyone else can do um, to help you get through this time. You kind of have to do this yourself. And like, that's the thing is like mental health and grieving and all these things. Like th- you have to do it yourself like that. And that's the, what I got from the movie is like, you are on an Island. No one knows your emotions. Like you can like, I can tell you like I'm sad Drew and maybe you can relate and say, yeah, I remember this time when my dog died and I was sad, you know, when we can maybe relate, but you can't actually feel that same emotion. You know, most people can't be on that same wavelength unless we've lost the same thing. And so it's just a really, I don't know. I just, I appreciate this movie in a lot of ways. Like in, uh, I look back at certain you know, things in my life that I've lost, not just through death, but through just mistakes or dumb words that I've said. And it's like, man, like you have to really like allow yourself to, to grieve in order to, to grow. And it's just, it's just, uh, this is a, this is a very thoughtful movie. Yeah, no. And, um, how did you feel about the, uh, the ending? We haven't gotten to that we kind of stopped at the cake. Yeah. Uh, Um, I, you know, I, it was not what I expected, but at the same time, kind of like made sense for the film. Right. 
I always appreciate. I mean, are you saying you didn't expect the the reveal of like, oh yeah, the the pig fucking died. Like they had no idea how to take care of the pig, and they just like fucking killed it. Um, is that what you mean? No, no. Or the, him getting back with Amir. Him, yeah, yeah. Him okay. Being back with Amir. Like, I, I, I didn't, because I, it's not a happy ending per se, but it is a little more happy, I guess. Like, well, and I, and I think it, it makes sense to the, uh, to the degree that, like, they, I don't know, because what else does, um what's the uh rob is nick cage's name in this movie yeah um like what does he have left now so is this part of like the rebuilding process for him to overcome the loss of like so like lost his wife has now lost this pig so like what else does he have and i feel like this is sort of he can't further become uh, like a recluse living out in the woods hunting (laughs) travels he doesn't have his pig anymore so he's i don't know moving on to the next thing and that's kind of what i took from that yeah, that this is just kind of like his next step in that process, or him like re-entering that cycle of grief. No, I I, I actually saw it as him being like, um, like because like you said, he resumes his partnership with Amir, and it was like he's okay with where he's at. Like that that's the way I, I took it. Is like, you know, in the beginning we saw this as him like shunning society and being like kind of like a. Uh, for lack of a better term, a pretentious moralist who looks down on society, right? Like that's kind of what it feels like. But I think in this, he kind of, it kind of comes to the back of like, he's just like, no, this is where I'm actually happiest. This is what I'm happiest doing. And, um, you know, I've reached this stage in my life of, of grief of where like there is, I'm not going to go back to cooking. I'm not going to go back to the city. I'm not going to go, uh, back to, the reality that was before my, my loss, the loss of his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where I'm happy and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm, you know, I made this relationship with this kid with Amir and, um, I'm going to continue it. And, you know, and for, I, I, I don't, it's hard to like really say exactly what the, the meaning of the ending is like, with ring of fire playing he puts the cassette tape in and like that was like one of the best uses of ring of ring of fire or like right like i i was i'm on fire uh or sorry i'm on fire yeah i'm not ring of fire Um, stupid stupid just no like i i love bruce springsteen i love that song and for it to just for the way for it to kick in that rendition was like beautiful to me. Like I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And it just encapsulated the movie in a lot of ways. Like when he hits that play, but I don't really know what it means for that character. Do you, do you have any insight? I don't know, but we got to get the boss on the podcast. Yeah. With all this talk that he's been getting on here recently. (laughs) Right. We need to, right. Last episode, this we need to, Um, need to pump him up. Yeah. I don't like, are you saying like you think the song it's i mean obviously the song itself holds some significance honestly i don't know that much bruce springsteen mm-hmm. i'm a i'm 22 years old um <laughs> but yeah i mean i think part of that is him like no matter what sort of like stage of acceptance i get th- that he gets to which i guess if you want to like literally mm-hmm. talk but oh here's the stages of grief like acceptance is that final stage yeah. that you know kind of what you're getting at this is like he's accepted that like this is where he's at in life and he can 
either keep going down this path of like becoming Ted Kaczynski or <laughs> right. I don't know, like do what, what will make him happy. Um, but, but there's still always going to be that, like, it doesn't mean that he's still not in that cycle of grieving cause it never really ends. Like it, yeah. it ends at acceptance, but you never like exit that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I've been thinking about this for a long time and I've tried to like, you know, tie it into like, what is he trying to say? Like, because I do feel like the character grows, right? That's the thing is like, I do feel like there is some acceptance to, like you said, the stage of grief, but it, it, it doesn't feel like he's completely left the, I don't know. Like I, I feel like he has grown and he's changed and there is some acceptance, but I don't know. Like, I feel like I, there's something more there that I might have missed. This is one that I want to rewatch really bad already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, fuck, I, I had something else there and I totally lost it. Well, like, okay, uh, while you're thinking of that, like, I, and I think that I'm just trying to, like, I feel like the director chose that song. Like, like that's why I keep going back to that song. Like, and I don't know. So you don't know the song that well, right? And so no. basically the so here let me get let me pull up um let me pull up the lyrics just so i can, so basically the song is like bruce springsteen is singing about um uh he basically wants to be with this girl that he can't be with right so like i mean well that that makes sense <laughs> well right right but like the open like it's more so the opening of the song is hey little girl is your daddy home did he go away and leave you all alone i've got a bad desire i'm on fire tell me now baby is he good to you and can he do all the things that i do oh no can i take you higher i'm on fire sometimes it's like someone took a knife baby to the uh, edge edgy and dull and cut a six inch valley through the middle of my skull at night i wake up in the sheet soaking wet and a freight train running through the middle of my head only you can cool my desire. I'm on fire. That's the song. And somebody's horny. Yeah, right. Like obviously, this is a song about like him wanting to like be with a married woman, right? Like that's or like, come on, let me smash. Yeah, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like for this movie, those lyrics kind of mean like, is it that this was the his life revolved around this wife and this woman and that's all he can think about. Like, I don't, I mean, I, I think know. so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. I don't know. I feel like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's, I need to watch this movie again too. Like, um, I just feel like that I'm missing something from I'm miss, missing a piece from the ending. Yeah. Oh, I remember the thing that I wanted to say. Okay. Uh, something that we, we said we would talk about, uh, pre spoilers, but never got to, is the oh. one scene of violence in this movie, yeah. which I thought was really funny because it's like, go ahead and like set an that up. underground MMA ring for chefs. Yeah, go ahead and set it up. It's uh, kind of funny, too. It's like oh, a- that he has to like win a fight. <laughs> so like, so he basically just like gets the shit kicked out of him, it's, like in this underground boxing ring. But it's, you to say? but it's not even a fight. It's he has to he gets his like he they literally he, people pay. Like you take punches like he doesn't exchange a punch back. He just like puts his hands behind his back. I don't even under really understand exactly what is going on, but it was like, yeah, or why he has to do that because he needs 
information from like the guy who runs the thing, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So it's like, oh, if you want to talk to me, you got to let my friend hit you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my boy really wants to punch someone right now. And you look like the perfect target. It's like a like somebody you'd come across in like an early LucasArts adventure game. <laughs> It's like, if you want to speak to me, you're going to have to come back with, like, some stupid puzzle item. Right. Uh, with a seahorse flipper and, like, what? <laughs> it's like Adventure of Monkey Island. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, the only thing that I could think of, like, when I watch this is that if, if, for, like, if you, if he can get his ass kicked basically for five minutes or a certain amount of time, then he wins. Like, yeah. Prove you're man enough to find out where your pig went. <laughs> right. Um, I, I love to like how, like I just, in, in my mind watching this, we didn't really know what was going on, but it's like, Oh, this is um like bum fights. Like 2.0 yeah. is what I, is what I was thinking was happening. And yeah. then, like you said, like you realize it's like, no, it's like, there's these are like chefs or like people like it's just so weird there, this is i guess the um the only comparison to john wick where there's like this underground like fight society yeah yeah and in this corner washing dishes at the olive garden oh <laughs> uh, who he overcooks the pasta uh, right yeah in this uh, corner some dumbass who overcooks the pasta who wants to make some gross sounding egg thing i forget exactly <laughs> what the dish was but it didn't sound good but i'm also a picky eater oh shit that's funny i'm also a picky eater there was okay while we're on the truffle thing this is i this is all i can think about every time uh i hear about truffles back when i worked at the theater brian something i invoke frequently on this podcast there was a gentleman who would come in and i always got the impression from him that he like stumbled upon a lot of money later in life because he kind of spent money like a guy who won the lottery like he'd always come in with different like young women mm -hmm. and then he would he would bring in this like like hundred dollar jar of truffle salt and i knew it was a hundred dollars because i looked it up online after because he left it at the concession stand one time yeah. and came back to the lost and found after but he would ask for like because people like layer butter in the middle of their popcorn but he'd want to layer truffle salt like 15 times throw it oh a big bucket of popcorn and if you were a girl he would tip you $20 if you did that but if you were not you would get no tip what <laughs> yeah uh and he, he was okay. like a frequent customer too yeah okay that's weird that yeah no he was like a gigantic pain in the ass it would take like 20 minutes to make his fucking popcorn <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm glad this pig's dead ah <laughs> honestly we didn't say it very cute pig very cute pig yes yes um i am a fan of truffle truffles i am a fan of truffle oil very expensive it is rich for my blood yeah very very expensive um when i think of truffles i think of and this is gonna again date me but have I think you of the shuffle have you heard of the have you heard of the cartoon tailspin no you don't know what tailspin is Okay, so, um, it's, okay, so it's a, a Disney cartoon. It would come on in the 90s in the late afternoon, like after I'd get home from school. And the main character, Baloo, was f from Jungle Book, the, the, 
uh, bear. bear, the bear, Blue, was the main character. And he flew a p- plane, right? So he it was his job. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay, right? Yeah. Well, there's an episode where it's all about this truffle pig. And that's what I remember most about truffle pig. That's how I got, how I knew what a truffle pig was, was from Baloo. And they're trying to find this lost pig for somebody in the woods. Cause uh, they sniff out truffles. And I was like, Oh, this is this. And, that, and so this is what it immediately brought me back to. Yeah. The whole practice still makes no sense to me. Like, Oh, we need, we need pigs. The only creature that can smell this really tasty treat. Right. What? It, why is that? I, I need to look into this. Like, there's no way like a dog couldn't be trained to sniff out. Tr- like you can train a dog to sniff out like cocaine. Right. Oh, I mean, or like a, like a pill. cancer. They it can, they can smell out cancer. Some like some dogs. That, that is a thing. Dogs. Y'all are getting lazy. You think I'm? You think I don't notice that you guys haven't started digging up truffles yet? What? Well, well, why? Like, I wonder. I gotta look this up. Yeah, I gotta. Why can't dogs? Yeah. Why? Why is it only pigs? So, the, by the way, if anybody wants to watch that episode, if you want to find it, it's um called "The Louder They Are, The Louder They Oink," uh, season one, episode twenty-one of Tailspin. So there you go. Um, I don't know. Anything else you want to say about Pig? Great movie. Check it out. Yeah, excellent, excellent movie. Love it. Uh, so I think we're going to try to review The Green Knight next Which, week. Which, if there's any movie, fucking, okay, here's my challenge to the audience. <laughs> okay, here we go. Go and see Green Knight before we release that episode and email us about it. We can have a big, think of this as a as a listener book club, and I'm going to feel like a real jackass when no one does this. But if you're listening, hey, you got, you got, you got $13 or euros or pounds or wherever you're at. Uh, shillings, shekels, Go, shekels uh, Dogecoin. If you're living in uh, the Mars colony, <laughs> fucking head on down to the AMC. Every, everywhere's got Green Knight. It is a terrific movie. There is one shot specifically that I want printed out and framed on my wall. Like genuinely, the first time I have like seen. Ah, uh, okay. It is a, a shot that I would compare to, like, one of my favorite shots in any movie is in Arrival, where they're, like, coming over the hill, and you see, like, the clouds rolling mm-hmm. down. Yeah. And it's, like, kind of a cliche answer at this point, but, like, I, I think that is just, like, so pretty. And it's, like, I felt the same way with one shot here, seeing it for the first time. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that is, like, stunning to look at. It is, I can't say enough good things about Green Knight. I want to watch it again. I have it as a four and a half right now. I could see it bumping up to a five, but watch wow. it. Talk to us about it. It's a it's a great time at the movies. Yeah, send us your thoughts. Cold of pop at gmail dot com. Call with K. Let let us know what you think. I'm. Ex- or I I was thinking about this today, Brian. What if we open up the like the Instagram and Twitter direct messages? Oh hell yeah! For questions, yeah. I think. Yeah, do that. You know, I I heard another podcast mention this where they started sourcing questions from uh from dms and they said there was an influx they said their their inbox had dried up so you could email us dm us carrier pigeon smoke signal subliminal like radio messages into my skull yeah anything yeah absolutely mk ultra me i am cia if you're listening i got nothing (laughs) (laughs) i am in full support of all of this drew 100 percent. yeah absolutely yeah Thank you. Those are all valid points. I, yeah, I, you're right. Um, and I have, I have 
responded to some messages in the, on Instagram too, by the way. So, um, yeah, it, it, DMs are open. Why do you want a sex bot account on Instagram? Message Cult of Pop. Add add that account to all of your group chats yes, with all of your do. other Russian friends. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> oh lordy, what am I gonna do with you, Drew? Oh, one more thing before we go, Brian. Yeah. I noticed there was there was a young uh, gentleman. I don't know if you followed him back on Instagram, but he followed both of us. Uh, I don't recall his name off the top of my head. Young man from Gambia. And he and I DM back and forth a couple times. And now I have just like a large influx of followers from Gambia coming my way on Instagram. And they're all very friendly in DMs. The second you like somebody's post, they're like, hey, how's it going? It's I'm from Gambia. Weather's beautiful here. How, how is it where you are? Where What like, is wow. Gambia? Where I don't know this. In Africa. Okay. Um, no, it's I. Like west, west coast of Africa. I don't know that I follow this person back. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to send you his account after. <laughs> but he was—he's like a like a fifteen-year-old boy in Gambia. Oh, is he listening to the podcast? How did I, find I really don't think so. I think he just follows a shit ton of people, oh, okay. and he's just going through who other people follow. Well, hey man, yeah, listen to the podcast. Uh, I'm gonna message him and say, hey, if you you should listen to the podcast. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, let's get him on. All right, yeah, dude, heck yeah. Um, that's cool. No, I I've had a like a. Uh, a pretty big influx of, of followers too since I started the Instagram for Midnight Film Review and like literally uh, like just people that I don't know following me and it's kind of weirded me out a little bit but hey this the price you pay for celebrity fame, and yeah. now they all know what your son looks like <laughs> right oh, oops um, alright well my I think, account is open I, my account's public I don't give a shit come uh, kill me I, <laughs> come kill just murder take me hostage i don't care he's always wanted to be the focus of a <laughs> of a negotiation with the fbi that goes wrong i was gonna say always the focus of a 12-part true crime podcast but sure <laughs> yeah uh, where they find like a uh each one of my fingers in a different state <laughs> yes exactly all right, Drew, I got to get to bed, so we got to close the sucker down. But uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Midnight Film Review. We will catch you. Red on- hot episode. <laughs> we'll catch you on the flip side. Good night, everyone. 